This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because the only thing I care about more than football is spicy pepperoni pizza for kickoff. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. Now that's a spicy offer. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Sorry for uh, being a little bit late. I'd, I'd be late for my own funeral, I tell you. Um, I thought I was ready, then I hadn't done, and I'm oh, Anyway, we're here. Good evening. How are you doing? How the devil are you, as they say? This is Lester Till I Die TV. Catch us on Twitter, on Facebook, and on YouTube live. And just do what it says 
there at the bottom there please subscribe to the channel if you haven't we are growing steadily um hit that like button and don't forget to hit the notification button um you will never miss a show we've got a lot of specials going up and quizzes etc during the off season um that was the new intro let me know what you thought about it for the non-Leicester games, because obviously we're going to be covering a lot of stuff that's non-Leicester. So that's the new general intro that I just wanted to try out tonight. Let me know what you think. Um, that was a great idea using the T-shirts. Yeah, OK. I'm going to be honest with you. It was Dan's. Dan's idea. He may be relegated. He may be gone, but he's, he's still living in my mind rent free. This is Leicester Till I Die. And this is Welcome Along to... The season review number three. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favourite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. Broadcasting live worldwide. It is, and as it said there, if you are listening to this on Catch Up on your favourite podcast platform, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Talk MU, he got his first message in there. Welcome along, Talk. As I always say, if you want to follow something really and do something good, do something good, um, get over to Talk's channel. Yeah, he's Man United, as you can see from that, but he does a brilliant new channel, can, uh, Football versus Cancer. You know I get it wrong. Mm -hmm. Always get it the wrong way around. Football versus cancer uh, on Twitter and on YouTube. And it's a great, uh, great, great course to follow. So get over and subscribe to him. Say on YouTube and follow him on Twitter. Facebook user, good evening. Not sure who you are, but I will hopefully have a good one. Um, indeed. Thank you very much. Um, and Turf, good evening, Dan. How the devil are you, sir? Um, we are good, and I hope you are feeling better. Um, let me say good evening to my wise old owl. Is does anybody remember that show? How? And there was always that guy on with the beard that always sort of knew every. He used to do the straight. That's who Craig reminds me of. Good evening, sir. How? <laughs> it was he, what was he? Jack was he called Jack? Jack Hargreaves. Jack Hargreaves, that was it. Yes, yeah. No, I'm feeling very old tonight. Oh, are you? Yes. I was speaking to Neil from Beyond the 90. Again, oh, yeah. great channel, great Leicester channel. You've met the guy. He, oh, he's, he's a top guy. He's coming on to join us uh, in a discussion next week regarding the atmosphere at the KP. <laughs> and um, he, he, he said uh, he, he's got somebody else, another Leicester channel coming on as well to join us. And he was asking for me. He went, yeah, Mark's down for doing it. And I was in, no, he just said, Mark's down. And I went... Right. Does that mean he's down for doing it or he's fallen over? <laughs> what does it mean? You know? That's it. These young folk, they have their own vocabulary these days. Don't they just, don't they just. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Craig. I do hope you are well. I'm all good, good mate. Thank you. Good evening, LDH. We are well. Hope you are as well. Now, um, this is number three in a series of four. We're looking at the season, uh, last season, which you may or may not want to forget. Um, we've done the ex-player, Jerry Taggart, and these are still available on, obviously, Leicester Till I Die YouTube channel, Leicester Till I Die TV. We've done Jerry Taggart, and we did Rob Tanner, the journalist, who used to be Leicester Mercury, didn't he? And uh, did, yeah. 
is now Leicester correspondent at The Athletic, which is a very good read. It's only a pound a month to subscribe, and they are doing their own season review as well. But there's a lot of... Uh, I learned a lot of things as well, certainly if not about your... Or not only about Yuri Tillemans, but also um, Harry Maguire as well. I'll leave that one with you. But uh, this one is all about looking at it from a fan's point of view. And Craig is a season ticket holder... He goes down regularly. He knows his stuff. He's been there. He's seen it. And at times he's suffered it this season. I think <laughs> it's the right thing. But, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, Craig, isn't it? And we yep. sit here. The season... Oops. Let me dream back in. The season's over. And we can look back. And that, that is wonderful. But looking at it overall, um, Community Shield winners... European Conference League semi-finalists only just losing out to the eventual win winners. Eighth position, which was only one place off Europe, uh, you know, yeah. to be honest. Is it <laughs> this this terrible season that we seem to sort of be thinking it is? No, no, of course not. I did see, as I said, uh, I saw a little bit of what Rob was saying and, and Rob described it as a par season, I think. Um so you know we were we were under par the last couple of years when we when we finished fifth, yes. um, and I, I mean looking at it as you as you got there Community Shield winners, uh, European Super Cup, uh, uh, British Super Cup, English yes. Super Cup, indeed. I'm so glad, and that, not just me, even yep. online websites now are calling it that. Yeah, excellent. Yes. Um, yeah, European Conference League, not not the competition we wanted to be in, but again, we'll we'll touch on that later. And eighth position. I mean, I think we need to go back, and I, I, it's the hardest thing to do as a Leicester fan is to forget or try and bookmark the league winning season mm. as a glitch. You know, it was a glitch in the program. <laughs> Cheers, Dan. Um, <laughs> Yeah, glitching the program and and we won the league, but that cannot be what we are constantly judged against. Um, it will be because that's how fans are, but it it yeah. can't be in the, when you're taking a a broader view. When the owners came in, yes, they said that we wanted to be challenging for Europe um, within five years, and we were ahead of that. Um, but challenging for Europe is the thing. You know, not regularly in Europe, challenging for Europe, a club that could challenge the elite. And I know Brendan uses that phrase about challenging the elite. And we've done it. We've done it consistently. So even when we have a bit of a drop-off season, for all reasons that we'll probably go into later on in this uh, in this show, we've ended up finishing eighth with a trophy um, and a European adventure that we've had along the way as well. You know, if that's if that's a bad season, then to be honest, bring on more bad seasons because uh, that's how it is. Sometimes, you know, we've been in Europe three out of the last six seasons, I think now. Yeah, that's progress. You know, that's yeah. progress, and that's what the the owners wanted. They and to create a structure that can give you long term uh, success, it takes time. You've got to build foundations, and the club. As well as as maintaining um, an on an on pitch team that can compete, they're also doing everything else behind the scenes to try and lay the foundations for long term. So the training yeah. ground, 
now trying to do the ground if Peter Salisbury and his mates will ever get their hands out of the pockets. Exactly. Or maybe, exactly. maybe they need something else going into the pockets. I see well, it's been delayed again. Allegedly, allegedly can we just say there for the lawyers? Well, I, I, I went on to the... Um, Onto the uh, just a, a bit of an aside, I went on to the Leicestershire County Council planning uh, applications website mm -hmm. where you can put comments in. Uh, so I asked the question about please, can you tell us why it's been delayed again? Um, this will really help you know stop getting undue criticism and people making up their own ideas about why it's being delayed. So I got a I got your standard, um automated response saying um your comments will be put forward to the committee mm. yeah so we'll, we'll we'll hear no more about that but, you want to bail the committee yeah the committee <laughs> but you know sometimes as i say when you're building something longer term you're going to have a, a season where you have one step backwards to make two forwards you know and uh in the big scheme of things fifth to eight is a step backwards but within that step backwards you know, there's been uh, there's been some decent times as well. It's almost so. like we've, we've gone too forward. Yes, yeah. we've gone back, but only one back. So we're still more forward than we were. Exactly. We you know, we've we've accelerated the process, yeah. and that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. And now we've had a little bit of a setback, and people can't cope with it. And you know, you talk about finishing eighth. I, I just before we came on air, I wrote down clubs that are in the Premier League that I think are either bigger in terms of the structure, the history, spending capacity. So Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, Arsenal, and I'm going to include Everton because they're a bigger club, Villa are a bigger club, and now Newcastle with all their money. There's nine. So, mm. you know, where do we fit in there? Where are the expectations of what Leicester fans think we should be doing? You know, we are punching above our weight, whether we like to hear that or not. But I would say, looking at that list of teams and the, the size of those clubs, some are not having the greatest of times, like Everton, mm -hmm. but the size of the clubs, the spending power they have, the support they have, the money they have, top 10 should be an achievement, let alone eighth. I want to say, I have, I have just found the sort of the highlight of the show. Very good. Well done. I call it, it's, it's an old one, but I'm an old man. I can never resist it. I mean, I always said, and shoot me down, you know, by all means and, and disagree with me, but as much as when we won the um, uh, Premier League, as much as us winning it, other come, other teams were throwing it away. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, Arsenal were just being Arsenal, as they always are. Man United were still trying to sort of, Settle in and decide what they were doing. I know, you know, post Van Gaal. Um, mm. Man City said they were sacking the manager um, with, with about seven or eight weeks to go. So that kind of killed their season. It was almost like the perfect storm. Yeah. You know, it was, but we still had to do our business on the pitch. And we course, did. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Of course we did. Of course we did. But, you know, it, it since then, it has almost been like those clubs are saying that's not going to happen again. Exactly, yeah. Sort of thing. And, I, as the, you know, my best way of describing it, and we use a lot of metaphors on these channels, but you, you you look at the last two seasons, and two seasons ago, there was only really Leicester that was trying to push through that door to get mm. into the room after they yeah. said, like, big six sort of thing. Last season, uh, before last, sorry, you probably had us and West Ham trying to get through it. Mm -hmm. Now, you've got 
Leicester, West Ham, you've got a resurgent Spurs, you've got a resurgent Arsenal. You know, I say West Ham obviously still there. Wolves have, you know, will look like they were going to do it to the moment. Brighton. So it's, it's almost like a crowd of people trying to get through that door. It, it was always going to get harder as other clubs yeah. were catching us up. Yeah. As I said, I've said this on many occasions, it's only going to get harder. Mm. You know, the more spending power, the more. <laughs> Yes, uh, Dan. Yeah. I'll, you know what, Dan? I'll transfer him. You can you can buy him from us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it's nice that you incorporate in championship stuff next year, anyway, to keep Dan involved. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, but you know, it is going to get harder. You know, the, yeah. the teams. There's so much money sloshing around the Premier League, and, and I've said this on so many occasions. You know, every team in the Premier League, will be going off and trying to pluck the best players from the rest of Europe. Um, yeah. Anyone who's sort of not in the... I tell you, anyone who's not in the top three or four in the, the big European leagues is going to be prime for uh, Premier League teams coming and nicking their players. It's only yeah. going to get harder. And we haven't got... We are rich, and you will get clubs mm. like, in no disrespect, down at Burnley... You'll get clubs, let's say, like Oldhams and, and, and Wiggins and, and those sort of clubs that will look at us and be jealous of our money. But we are still nowhere near the likes of Man City, Newcastle. I mean, Liverpool. I mean, I've got to sort of say, I don't know if you saw this earlier, but I put I put this tweet out. Yeah, I did see me, it. Did you see it? Let, yeah. let, me just, let me just find this because was it, I don't know if it was just me, right? But And I said, I present evidence labelled number... Sky 145-67289, that the so-called Big Six really do have disillusional fans. Now, this was a Liverpool fan yesterday. Klopp has worked miracles the last few seasons on a shoestring budget. Now is the time for the board to back him with money and add some quality to the squad. Now, you could say footballers have... Sorry, football fans, every club's got one and every club's got this sort of percentage with a very low IQ. But I mean, Liverpool shoestring budget. Am I? I thought. Am I reading this right? I mean, then you know, is it me or am I being unfair there? I don't know. I, I I don't know who they're comparing it to. Obviously, comparing it to Man City, maybe. But mm. about over the past three years, they've um, they've spent as much as anyone. You know. Yes. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 totally. I, it, it is, but, but we're all like it now, and, and this is the mm. worst part now, that, that there's too many Leicester fans becoming top six fans, you know, who the yes. the worst thing that can happen is that you don't finish in the top six to your club, you know. You know, there I, are clubs going out of business, and, yeah. uh, and, and you know, we've, we are far away. We're, as a Leicester fan, and I hate using it, you know, that we've seen the bad times, this, that, and the other, but it's only just becoming a habit to not look at the teams who you may finish above, you know, mm. that are there three worse? How quickly can we get to 40 points? <laughs> Those kind of things, you know, as a Leicester fan, that's still in your head and it's hard to break yeah. away from. So and know, these are, enjoy it. These, these are the good times. Enjoy yes. them. We all, we always say like, you know, with, with Leicester, and I say, yeah, I don't want to t- turn into one of those sort of, you know, oh, I was there when we played over on a wet Tuesday and what have you. But, you know, when we've won the League Cups under O'Neill, you mm. know, they they were 
the good times then and yeah, yeah. you know you, you don't know what's going to happen they may have been the best times ever no. you know i mean we were lucky in the in the fact that the guys that bought us when mandrich sold us look at who we sold portsmouth to and where, where yeah, they yeah. ended up and I, I found myself becoming what i call an arsenal fan mm-hmm. you know and that is sort of like i mean the, 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 the very good arsenal quote was you know, we don't want the, the Conference League. We're too big for that because we should be in the uh, Champions League because we are Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And I found myself sometimes, and I'll criticise where criticise mm-hmm. is necessary, and, and I've always said Brendan should stop, stay. But I do find myself sometimes thinking, oh, we, we've, we've been fifth for the last... And I had to stop myself mm-hmm. becoming that sort of fan. I know, and 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 I'm sure you won't mind me saying it, but I I, I saw it in you in in early in the season and mid season where we were having some tough times, and I know you were very much on the fence about Brendan. I think I think your the history of being a fan took over in the end, but it was difficult to not get not be disappointed by what was going on at the yeah. time and yeah the seeming the the seeming inability to put things right, you know, that, that were obvious to every everyone else. Um, I'm just going back onto the the, uh, the season overall. I, I pulled up the, the team that started uh, for the Community Shield. You know, Schmeichel, Pereira, Amati, Soyuncu and Bertrand was the back line there. Um, mm. Tielemans, Ndidi, Perez, Madison, Barnes, Vardy, and then subs came on with Thomas, Samari, Albright, Dewsbury Hall, in Acho Daco, that's pretty much our squad. But that starting eleven there, that mm. back line, not very strong at all. Yet we managed to keep Man City out again. You know, so that's no mean achievement to beat Man City. They went on to, you know, win the league. Now, admittedly, they had to bring their big guns on as well. I looked at, you know, around 65, 70 minutes, they would bring the big guns in. They still couldn't get through us. Yes. Um, yeah. So to win that. You know that was a big deal, and it was great that we had you know more fans in the ground that could see it. And uh, going oh, for back, me, you, you, you'll know from the show the other night, my moment of the season was mm. winning the Community Shield because I was yeah. there with my son at yeah. Wembley watching Leicester win mm. and watching Leicester lift a trophy. Yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah, it, it doesn't happen that often. It does, no, <laughs> you know? it doesn't. It doesn't. So, um, so, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, to wrap this bit up for me. Mm. Fans have got to be patient, but unfortunately, we live in an impatient world. You know, patient it, patience isn't a virtue. It is basically non-existent these days. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you just need to try and ground yourself. And I think at the start, like you say, you know, when we're struggling against teams like Norwich, no disrespect to Dan, but Burnley, teams that you were, were thinking were going to be at the bottom and we were struggling... You're yeah. thinking like these are teams we should be beating. It was yeah. only sort of when you get into the season you can see why we weren't doing that, which wasn't yeah. obvious at the start. But yeah, like you say, we'll, we'll move on to the next point. Just want to say a few hellos, Andrew. Good evening. How are you? <laughs> we are going to be coming on to Forest later, so don't don't worry. We are coming there. Good evening, Terry. How the devil are you? Uh, Ant, uh, Leicester fan channel. Nice to see you, Ant. Get over there and uh, and support that as well. It's a great Leicester channel. Again, we're going to be coming on to signings later. The window's not even open. What What's the worry? What's the worry? And let's not worry about what everybody else is buying. It's who we're buying, you know. 
Uh, Mike, good evening. I hope everything is well with yourself. Paul, nice. Welcome along. Not seen you before. Hope you've subscribed. That's great if you have. Thank you very much. Uh, from Rotherham, well, we get, we, we know, Philippines, Canada, America, and now Rotherham. I mean, you know, it's, it's all areas. Um, Andrew, well, we're just going to go in the... Everybody's coming in. Andrew, um, when the season starts, Premier League survive. It always is. It's always got to be. Yeah. Uh, and it always was under um, under Martin O'Neill. It was always like, well, if you finish 17th, anything else is a bonus, you mm-hmm. know. Um, Trapper, regard. There you go, Pennsylvania. Hey, wow. Trapper. Fantastic. you all the way from the good old US of A. You mm-hmm. are welcome. Uh, TM, <laughs> good evening. I'm patient, <laughs> still waiting for a cup. <laughs> well, I think you, the guy you've got in charge there now is going to be your best chance of uh, getting one. Uh, Jordy Toon, up the mags. Good evening, sir. How hey. are you? <laughs> and Total Football, Leicester are set to appoint Eric Sean from Dortmund as a set-piece coach. I don't know anything about that. I haven't heard anything about that at all. I think we're still trying to get the guy from Southampton to become our director of football. Yeah. Um, apparently, that might not happen until the new season starts. Mm. Because of notice and gardening and all that sort of thing. But anyway, moving on. And I think we can say that this war, in fact, it's gone up since I did this. Mm-hmm. Um, from the um, point of view of why we've we've done things and why things were going wrong. I mean, you know, there was I think it was actually over 30 players, uh, Rob Tanner said at the end of the season, mm-hmm. have been injured, nine of which were defensive-minded players. Um, I mean, let's face it, Klopp, he 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 um he he actually what's the word I'm looking for? Um you know, he, he would cry if 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 you know Salah broke a nail. Yeah. Well, I know we. I, I think we're we're going to talk about defence specifically after this, aren't we? So, um, yeah. so I, I shall keep some of my powder dry on that. But there's no way a club our size can cope with that many injuries and and you not be affected by it. And you know, you talk about everybody talks about the spine of a team. Now, apart from Schmeichel, at any one point we've been missing vertebrae. You know, so. Fafana, Evans, Ndidi, Vardy have all been missing for big chunks of that season. So if you're trying to build your team around a spine, you can't keep doing that when you're missing key cogs of that. And we're just not big enough in terms of quality. And the bigger and more successful your club becomes, it becomes one of these self-fulfilling prophecies that you can never maintain it because you need to build a bigger squad to be able to cope with this kind of thing. But the players that you need to bring in to improve your squad want to play. You know, the players are happy to sit on a bench. I had this conversation yesterday uh, with someone. Maybe they're happy to sit on a bench at Liverpool or Man City because they're pretty much guaranteed to end up with a medal of some kind. Maybe Chelsea, you could include it. Nobody's coming to Leicester and saying, I'm quite happy to be part of what we're building here and I'm happy to spend half my season on the bench. Yeah, That's not going to happen. So your ability to build a squad that's good enough to cope with injuries is really difficult. And if you can manage it, and you look at it the other way, 
look at the injuries we've had and and Brendan's managed to to get a strong enough squad to get us to eighth then we've done pretty well out of it but there's I I don't think there's anybody out the top four or five who could cope with the injuries that we've had and still have the level of perceived um or or the success as I'll call it that we've had you, you can't do it now you touched on there there's a lot of muscle injuries and god knows what so you know we we as fans, we seem to think that, um, you know, we're the only ones who can see these things. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of people in the club who are looking at this and 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 going through with a fine-tooth comb what they're doing throughout the season in terms of training, in terms of treatment. Um, and you would hope that you wouldn't see a repeat of this um, uh, again. And... We've done well to get through it. And you're saying it all started with that Fafana injury. It was almost like, you know, someone had let the air out of the balloon. When, yes. you know, you it was, yeah. you were full of the, the joys of the new season. You are all high pitched and full of helium. And then he breaks his leg and somebody bursts the balloon and it's, mm. it's deflating. And you've got to think it's quite deflating for the rest of the team as well, because they were, all, you know, it's not just fans are excited. I'm sure the players were excited. You know, you bring in somebody who looks like they're going to have such a fantastic impact on your team and then you know he's out for the whole season. That's got to be, you know, gutting for the players as well. So that was the start and it never really got much better. It didn't. It didn't. And we'll, t- we'll touch on, on Mr Vestergaard while we're talking about injuries because, you know, I, I asked Rob uh, whether he thought it was a panic buy or not. And, you know, he said in a way, but, you know, he had been looking at him. He was mm. a goalkeeper, uh, was a goalkeeper. He, he might be better in goal. He was a defender that Brendan had had an eye on for a few windows. Mm. And, you know, but like like you've often said, he wasn't expected to come in and play mm. the number of games that he did. And, you know, he was better in a three, I think we said. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but Brendan wasn't always able to play a three when he was no. included because of the other injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? Because my biggest frustration with him is that he doesn't use his physicality. I think, you know, you would have seen a better Vestigard. He's clearly better on the ball than Evans. And when you watch Evans and how much of the ball he gets and he's almost charged with starting the attacks... Vestergaard's a much better ball player than Evans ever is. But I think he suffered from um, coming into a team, being forced into it when he wasn't really expected to. And I know he's a professional footballer and he should be able to cope with this. But at whatever level Mm. you play football, confidence is massive. And I think he was thrown on. And I don't think Brendan helped him by throwing him on at the end of games when we were trying to hang on to, to Leeds. And it was going against him. So the instant thing is, is Vestergaard. You know, yeah. the the early one, I think, in the uh, in the Europa League against Napoli, where yeah. he was on, he was brought on. We were two. Well, I don't know if it was two one at that time, but he was done by uh, by the striker. Where he flicked it over his head, and he wasn't physical enough to win that battle. And the finger is always pointed at him. Yeah, you know, and players. You know, whether they should or shouldn't, they're not oblivious to the criticism that's coming their way. But I think you had two or three games when the pressure was off him a little bit. We were playing against teams who were sitting back a bit more. 
his passing was much better. He was playing uh, straight balls between the lines into the midfield. Yeah, there's a player there, but I don't know if he's the, he, he's not the player that you can build a defense around. Yes, but I mean. <sighs> It's like with the West Ham game, you know, we, we, when when they got that last minute equaliser, yeah. you know, as, and everybody knows my response to that. Uh, and I blame Brendan. I don't blame, you know, Vestergaard at all because, you know, he's put on with literally, you know, one and a half minutes to go defending a corner. And yet he ends up getting the blame because, oh, he comes on, we concede. But yeah. you, you don't change that. Well, I don't think you change it at that point anyway. But, you know, Maybe that's just me thinking football. No, I, I, I'm with you. As I say, you don't change it at a corner. But what you don't do for me when you're protecting a lead is invite pressure by putting on extra defenders and, and losing players from higher up the pitch where you can control the game. Yes. And I, I think I've mentioned it before a couple of times that Brendan contradicts himself. You know, he, he talks about controlling the game. If you've got the ball, you control the game. And then he'll take off. And I think in a couple of games, he took Mendy off, who was excellent at controlling the ball. And last season and the season before, he was brought on at the end of games to control the ball. Mm. Here he was taking him off to put on another defender, basically saying to um, the opposition, have the ball, see what you can do with it. And invariably, they did and they scored. <laughs> yes. Um, good evening to Rich. Um, poor season. Now, the interesting thing here is, Rich, and... Thank you for coming in because you've given me the opportunity. Uh, if you are a rich, uh, if you are a rich fan, sorry. If you are not a rich fan, if you are a Manchester United fan, get over there, check out Rich's channel. He does great Man United content, but he also does great FIFA content. If you're into uh, playing FIFA, uh, and he does a lot of general comments as well. I mean, Rich, I'm trying to get hold of a Man United fan for this Friday at nine o'clock. I don't know if you're free, but I'm doing a. Uh, a new debate show, and we're starting off with who's had the most disappointing season. Now, not who's had the worst season, but who's had the most disappointing season. And it's all just opinion. You know, it's not, you know, this is the right answer or that's the right answer. That There's myself for Leicester. There's, we've got a Leeds fan coming on. We've got an Everton fan coming on. And we've got to Man United. Well, we're looking for a Man United fan. I might have one, but if you're free, Rich, feel free to come on. Uh, just message me. Um, but it's case, like I say, I won't say it was a poor season. Was it a disappointing season? Yes, I think that that that's another. If we're saying who's had the worst season, Watford, yeah, Norwich, you know, it, it's it's who's had the um, the most disappointing. Melina, good evening from Canada. How the devil are you? Hello. Hope you and your dad and everybody is well. Um, so yeah, we've got that. Let, we've got to look at the FA Cup. I mean, we are not the worst team to have defended the crown. Um, no, can, can we just can we just go? Sorry, just before we move on to that, mm. I know you talk about injuries, and we were going to talk about the defence at some point. Is that coming up afterwards? The or defense, that... Yeah, we're going to talk about defence later. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, FA Cup. Yeah, apparently, demand with the hammers coming to mend it in the morning. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> That's two already, Chris. <laughs> it is. They're adding up. They're adding up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, FA Cup. I mean, mm. uh, sorry, <laughs> just as Molina's come in, Arsenal have the record for having been the holders and being knocked out in the third round. As the we didn't quite get that far. We made it to the fourth round, mm. but 
what what I was very disappointed with the players that didn't turn up that day. And I don't mean the players that weren't included. I mean the players that did. And I looked at the Watford game before, and we won that 4-1 um, there. And as you can see, you've got – look at the names there. Mm. I mean, I can't pronounce half of them, let's be honest with you. <laughs> but at the end of the game, those players were all on the pitch. Yep. Forest for Leicester won. The big names were back. It was in the middle of COVID, so we couldn't mm. play, you know, during the, the during the season. We couldn't, you know, all these players were injured, yep. so the, 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 the Premier League were cancelling games. But the FA said, you don't have a squad with us, play whoever's free sort of thing. Yep. And at 4-1, up, those players were coming on. And, OK, it was Watford, but they were still a Premier League club. Now, we know how <laughs> Forest are. We're going to find out next season how, how good they are. But to my mind, I just I just can't believe how the big names let themselves down and let the club and let the fans down as well. Well, I'm, I mean, I made some notes on this. And uh, for me, I know we had European defeats. For me, this was the most disappointing defeat of the whole yeah. season. Uh, yeah. I'll include those European defeats in it. And it wasn't necessarily the defeat itself. It was the manner of the defeat. Um, and this, I, I'm going to say, and there, I, I know, I was going to say, that for me, this is Brendan's biggest challenge. Hmm. Um, he's got to create a team ethic that will not accept defeat as easily and as placidly. Um we talked about, you know, we've talked long and hard about the deficiencies of the team that won the league. Mm. Nowhere near the levels of this team in terms of um, creativity and skill on the ball or whatever. But everyone knew their job and they all had a commitment to not get beaten. You know, Foxes yeah. never quit, you know, was the byword at that time. Um, the number of times we came back for, in games, the number of times we saw out games, five one nils in a row, that team would never have laid down like the team did against Forest. And uh, that, as I say, you know, he's come out and said it, Brendan, so he really needs to put up or, or shut up with what he said in a couple of uh, cases. And again, we'll talk about uh, players coming in. But the biggest thing that appears to be missing from this team isn't creativity, it's heart. And that's what he's got to try and find. You know, we, you know, we all laugh at Danny Drinkwater and, and, you know, what's happened to his career. But that, that was a guy who had some heart and uh, he wasn't the most gifted, but he would leave it all out on the pitch uh, and he wouldn't, allow the other players to get away with it. And that's the thing. Brendan needs to find a leader, uh, a, Jordan, a Jordan Henderson, you know. Uh, an I've just written that word down there, leader. Yeah. I'm going to ask you that. Yeah, that's what we haven't got. Someone mm. like, you know, you did the, the first show with Jerry Taggart. I remember yeah. Jerry Taggart yeah. slapping, slapping uh, Savage around the head yes. in the middle of the game once. Yes. Someone who won't accept defeat, and that's what I don't see in this team. And that's no. his biggest, his biggest challenge for me is finding that leader, and a leader that can drag the rest of them up when things are not going well. And that that game epitomised it. 
to me. Oh, totally. And I, I also uh, remember Jerry Taggart strangling um, Dennis Wise, but that, that, that's that's for another show, another yeah, time. Yeah, he, he was he was at the front of the queue. There was a long yeah. queue though. Wasn't yes, there, well, well done, well done there. I just remember just a sidetrack that. It was the evening game. It was on telly. I think it was playing for Stoke or whatever at the time. Apparently, he found out afterwards, Joe, that the whole Leicester bus, they had it on the TV in the bus, mm. and the whole whole Leicester players cheered. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I, I asked the question. I mean, yeah, I mean, let's, let's get to what you said about we'll talk about a leader. We have a natural leader, but unfortunately, he's stuck in goal. Mm-hmm. And to me... I know people are going to say, and Brad's, you know, member of the goalkeepers' union, and he, you know, he's all for captains being goalkeepers, and there's been some good ones. But for me, you need a captain on the pitch because yeah. you know you the goalkeeper's got to concentrate with controlling his, his back four, mm. and Casper's not always done that this season, but or three or four or five, obviously, whatever. But you, you, we need. We haven't got a Wes Morgan, like you said. We haven't got a, a Jerry Tag, a Steve Walsh. No. We need to get one of those players in. Ants just said. Then we need a few more nasty players in our squad. Mm. Yes, we do because you know there's all, you know, there's, there's, there's nobody there that you don't, don't think wouldn't be, you know, pushed. Well, probably Jamie Vardy is. You know, he, he's got a bit of fright in his belly. Um, but we need we need a leader on the pitch. Yeah. Should Jamie Vardy be taking that on board? Do you think? No, the problem is that the your, your two so called leaders, as you talk about, there are at the extremes of the pitch. They're yeah. not right in it, in amongst it. You know, you want someone who can influence the whole pitch. Really, you know what you need, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a feeling, but, but, you but do, please tell you me. You do know what we need. Carry on. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I can say Casper can't can't command his six-yard box, so I don't know how he can command yeah. the rest of the pitch, to be honest. So, yeah. for me, and and it may be yet in this great scheme of bringing through youth and young players or whatever, there needs to be someone who's not necessarily the best ball player. It could be someone who we sign... And you think, oh, for goodness sake, why the hell are we signing mm. them? I bet Spurs fans, when they were told they were signing Heuberg, thought, what the hell have we become? Are we signing some a cast-off from, from Southampton? Yeah. But he's exactly the kind of player. I think he's played every minute of every game. He's made more passes. But he is someone who plays beyond his skill level. Uh, and you're right, Dan, there aren't many of them about there, you know, because they're pampered from day one this day and age. Yeah. You know, they're not made to work hard for their place in the team anymore. Um, exactly. But, but as Dan you know, said there, they are a dying breed. And, mm. you know, if you've got somebody that's going to strangle somebody against the wall in the dressing room for not pulling the weight, mm. he's going to be down at HR on Monday morning. Well, exactly. But you you would hope that, as I say, the Liverpool players, there's no way Henderson is anywhere near the most talented player in that team. No. Yeah, he's a nasty bugger. You know, I can't stick him on the pitch. He's always in the referee's ear, but yeah. he will be dragging the rest of that team along if they slip below the standards. Now, who knows? You know, who knows how much football Henderson's going to play next season? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, somebody of that ilk 
maybe with a little bit more experience, it's probably what these players need. And uh, and we can't always just say, right, we, we've got to sign exciting players. You know, that's what everybody wants. And every time we're linked with somebody, oh, he's fantastic. These are his stats, this, that and the other. Have a look at the character first, you know, when it's a midfield player. Have a look at the character. Look at how they are on the pitch, how the rest of the team respect them, what they've done. You know, that's what I'd like to see yeah. out of all of it. And we will talk about transfers, but this team needs to find its heart. And says here, um, could KDH be that? He's got a bit about him. The problem, I think, with that for me is maybe, but I think we're, we're, we're probably three or four seasons away yeah. from that because, you know, I think he still probably sees himself as, and don't get me wrong, we know we had our awards the other night. He's had a fantastic season. Yeah. But he's kind of still the new boy. Yeah. And whether he would feel, I mean, I know Luke Thomas shouted at Vardy to leave the, you know, the, yeah. the ball for him and he shot and scored. That's one thing. But actually going up to Jamie Vardy and saying, come on, you're not getting that right. <laughs> it, it, it's hard for sort of a, a player that's only been in there one season. Yeah, I think it's it's something that comes with uh, experience and, and being there, as you say, a few seasons. While the other players co- around you maybe come and go, you become the constant that's in there. Mm. And uh, I've no doubt, uh, Ant, that, that he's got that in him, but I think it takes time. You can't be yes. the new kid in class no. and then start um, ruling everybody else around. But he's definitely got that in him, but I think you're right. What you don't want is to burden him with something like captaincy or that level while he's still developing. Um, you see, to me, you see it all the time with the England cricket team. They're giving yeah. completely, um, you know, the wrong, the captaincy to the wrong, you know. Look at both yeah. of them when he got it. He's, mm. he's, a, he's an all-rounder, but he's not a captain, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. but... Talking about, and you could almost, if it wasn't for the fact that I get uh, conned into reading out names that aren't what they're supposed to be, um, this you'd almost say that this show was scripted because talking about not getting knocked out of the FA Cup, um, Ras, <laughs> Forest Pride of East Midlands, I wouldn't say the pride, but you know, yeah, you, yeah. you you got you you got lucky yesterday. I mean, you probably deserved it on on the play, but you got very lucky. I mean, Forrest to back up. Um, I wanted her to. I would have liked Luton to have come up. If I'm totally honest with you, that was the one out of the four that that came up. But you know, Forrest have, have come up, and of course, we're going to get everybody say, "Oh, we've got East Midlands derbies, blah blah." I don't give a shit. I'd sooner, I'd sooner Forest have stayed down, personally. Mm. And I think you're in the same agreement, aren't you? Definitely, definitely. And as I say, I, you know, I've got Forest. I've got family. You know, I, I, I rarely mention them. A, a family member who's a Forest fan. I don't surprise um, you, you, you. You, you, rarely yeah. mention him. Black sheep um, of the family. <laughs> and yeah, well, and I say, in, in, he didn't think the uh, the first one was a penalty. He thought there was no contact, but. <sighs> I, I don't care. As I, said, I, I don't care who wins games as long as they're fair, and mm. uh, that wasn't fair yesterday a, a, at all. Um, yeah, I'd be quite happy for Forrest to just stay down there for um, forever. To be honest, yeah. Um, I don't want them up here because one, if we beat them, we're expected to, and if we lose, Jesus, it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, well, I, I, I've got. I mean, 
Yes, I agree with you about the the, the VAR decisions. You know, we shocking. talked before we Absolutely came. In. Shocking, yeah. yeah, it was. It was. You know, you you know, you literally, you know, what what's that saying? You give a monkey a typewriter, and within so long, he'll he'll type the full works of Shakespeare. Well, I think they've sort of <laughs> tried that with VAR. You yeah. know, as I say, let's get ex players in that know how the game is played, know what it is. You know, when, when things happen. Did he was he able to avoid it? Was he not able to avoid it? There, oh, there's better people than the refs who it was brought in to help mm. to actually be running it. But Huddersfield did not have a single shot in that first half. No, no, no I'm not. I'm, did yeah, in I, I, the second, you know. Yeah, I won't. I won't say that they deserved to win, but they deserved to have two penalties, and they yes. could have won yeah. because of that. And and that's yeah. the key thing. I don't think Forrest were overly impressive, to be honest. No, no, you know, no. We've no. talked on this program about Brennan Johnson. You know, he was he was pretty much um, invisible uh, for a lot of yesterday, which mm. shows, you know, unless you unless you're good enough to get the ball to your better players, your better players are invisible. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's great for them. You know, Forest pride of the East Midlands. If they want to change their badge from that tree to the rainbow flag and. I'm quite happy for them to be the pride of um, East Midlands. I always but, think of mother's pride, the bread, you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> even more so. But, you know, good luck to them. They're up, you know, enjoy it while you can. Yeah. And yeah. Um, They are um, up, and it's six points next season. Thank you very much, he says, hopefully. I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not saying anything. I'm not no. giving anyone any rope. <laughs> but they will throw back at us <coughs> FA Cup. So, yeah. yeah, you know, I'd, I'd sooner them stay down than have the derby, personally. I know a lot of fans. It was like, the, do you want to be Napoli and get, you know, Barcelona in the yeah. playoffs for the Europa League or drop down and get, you know, in the conference? And I wanted to go in the conference because I thought we'd get a longer run in Europe, yeah. which we did, you know. But, uh, yeah. Jordan, good evening, sir. Big commiserations to you um, for the other night, I'm afraid. Uh, again, if you ever look at a team that doesn't... I mean, it was like watching Leicester. You know, they say sometimes things are like watching Brazil. Watching Liverpool was like watching Leicester. All that possession and you, you know, you couldn't hit a barn door from two foot, to be honest with you. And I think I think half your, uh, half your balls are outside in the River Thames. But <laughs> moving on from the FA Cup, um, Europe... Now, um, Europa League, we finished third yeah. in the group and we did not qualify, as I just mentioned. And I, th I think the problem with, for me with Europe was that we'd had in the Champions League, we couldn't have picked a better group. I don't care what anybody says. We, you know, yes, we, we qualified from that, even though we lost the last game 5 0, but it was probably, as I say, a perfect group that we would have picked ourselves in Europe in the Europa League. Uh, the first season again wasn't a particularly hard group, but we struggled when we came to the knockout rounds. Mm -hmm. We had the hardest group we've had in Europe at mm -hmm. uh, this term. And I mean, you know, if you'd have said Napoli weren't going to get top spot and we weren't going to get, you know, second. Yeah, it was complete. And that last day, anybody could have won it. But we dropped down into the conference. You, 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 you turn up. You knock on um, and Jose Mourinho's door and say that conference league doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I was looking at it and, and going back and looking looking at the results, you know, and people are disappointed in how we did in the um, uh, in the Europa League, and we didn't qualify, and that's the disappointing thing. However, yeah. when you look at it in a little bit more detail, so the, we play each of these teams home and away. It's essentially about you know the the aggregate. We lost 5-4 on aggregate to Napoli, who have gone on to finish third in the Italian league. We beat Legia Warsaw 4-1 on aggregate, and we beat Spartak Moscow 5-4 on aggregate. We've beaten, on aggregate, if these were like knockout games, we've beaten yeah. two of those three teams. Yet somehow results in other places meant that we ended up third. So... Yeah. Yes, it's disappointing, and and the one-one draw with Spartak Moscow was the most disappointing one, and that's the one that's cost us the one-all draw at home with them. But we beat two of those teams who have been in Europe a lot longer than us mm. on aggregate, and we were unlucky to go out. And then we've we've done pretty well. Okay, we we got past Randers, which everybody would have expected us to. We've then knocked out Wren, who have finished fourth in their league. We finished. We knocked out PSV, who finished second in their league, two points behind uh, behind Ajax, and eventually we end up losing um, to Roma two one against a, a master tactician of European football of defending a lead. So it seems like it's been disappointing from the Europa League through to how we went out in the Conference League. But there are a lot of positives there, as I say, the fact that we. We beat Spartak Moscow and we beat Legia Warsaw both on aggregate. We had Napoli and we threw away a two-goal lead, as we've we've talked about. And we'll, we'll talk about the uh, um, the defence uh, in a little bit more detail. But overall, it's been it's been pretty good, and you have to have a little bit of step back from the disappointment of how it all panned out and look at it in a little bit more detail and think. With the players that we've got, who a lot of them have had international experience, but not European football experience, and this team is young in terms of European experience, and we've gone up against perennial European qualifiers, and we've done okay, to be honest. So, okay, let let me ask you: up until this season, when Newcastle have had the input, who? Yeah. And thanks very much, Dan. By the way, thanks you. Good luck. Enjoy yeah, your podcast cheers, later. Um, Man City were the richest club yeah. in English football. And yet, when they, they sort of started to win things and got into the Champions League, I think it was either three or four seasons before they even got out the group stage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's the players that they could afford. Mm. I mean, I don't I don't agree. I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I don't agree with when... A, if we should have been knocked out of Europe. That was it. We were third. We shouldn't be given the chance to then go, and go on in the Conference mm. League. I don't like it when the um, uh, Champions League teams drop into the Europa League. Yeah. Like Man United nearly winning from um, against Villarreal um, that, that season. When, they, when mm. you know It's almost like rewarding failure. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but... Those are the rules. But when you look at the quarter finalists, mm. 
Okay, we've got blood glimpsed, and we shouldn't take them lightly. Yes, they beat. I know they beat Roma twice at their place, putting six past them. But mm. a, it's bloody freezing, and b, it's a plastic pitch. Yeah. So <laughs> I would, I would have sooner played Roma than blood glimpsed, to be mm. honest with you. But including ourselves, seven of those eight quarter finalists were all um, uh, within the last ten seasons Champions League teams. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it turned out that it was um, it was a decent standard, and you could say mm. I think from the quarterfinals onwards, particularly in the semi-finals, it was a stronger lineup than it was in the Europa League in terms yeah. of the, the the stature of the the, the clubs that were in it. Um, and I think I think it's going to take time for it to be become accepted. And as, as you say, it doesn't help that it's called the Conference League. Uh, and that probably doesn't mean anything in the rest of Europe, but here, obviously, it means something lesser in terms of conference. Yeah. But I don't think other European nations have this um, sort of, I, I don't know, they, they just look down, the media and lots of pundits and look down on it. You know, I Bonlehor, for goodness sake, I was earning a living, I don't know, <laughs> but decrying it, you know, as if, mm. you know, anybody who wins it, wouldn't even celebrate winning it, you know, absolute idiots. And the more that these people talk it down, but it doesn't happen in other European countries. They accept that there's now three levels of European football and it shouldn't be for the elite. You know, there should be competitions that that encourage more teams to get a taste of international football. Because if more teams get a taste of international football, more fans get a taste of international football. And at the end of it, that's what it's about. So if you're decrying the Conference League, you're basically saying there's millions and millions of football fans out there who don't deserve to see any European football. Yeah. Let me ask you this, then. Um, Denmark, Norway, Hmm. Poland, possibly Moldova, they're all European countries, aren't they? Yep. Scotland, Ireland, they're all European countries. And yet... What UEFA is saying is that your countries are worth less than England, Italy, Spain, mm-hmm. Germany, Portugal, etc. The champions of those of Scotland, you know, we know that they've got to go through hoops to get into the Champions League. Mm-hmm. The same with probably Denmark and Norway and those sort of teams. But why the Champions League for me should be for the champions. Yeah, just make it. It should be the first with everybody, and just put all the balls in a bag. And if you bring out Manchester United and you bring out Barcelona, and they're in the same group, great. That's mm-hmm. that's the way it should be because it encourages competition. You've then got the Europa League for um, you know the second, third, fourth teams maybe, and then the Conference League maybe for the cup, cup winners. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Conference League is only around for a couple of seasons anyway until they sort the. You know the Champions League out, and that's a farce. Don't get me started on that with the new new things. But I do. I did say earlier that sometimes I found myself turning into a Arsenal fan earlier, and I, I have as well with this one. And so has Brendan a little bit because we've got no European football next season. Mm. We could be going for Europe again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I I like it. Whatever it is, when when we were watching football and growing up, you know, there were three European competitions. Yeah, you know, there was the the uh, the European Cup, Cup Winners Cup, and the UEFA Cup, and they were cups. And um, yeah. I had this uh, sort of 
one-sided conversation with a Forest fan the other day um, about whose was the greater uh, achievement, yeah. you know, us winning the league or them winning the European Cup twice. And, you know, whilst it was a fantastic achievement by them, oh, yeah. Credit the, fact, the fact that they played Malmo in the final of one of them just shows you that with a good cup draw, you can get anywhere. So um, I'm not decrying their achievements, but that is the thing. That's the nature of a cup competition. You can get a lucky cup draw and you get all the way through. Um, and But, you know, big clubs and UEFA, they don't like that because there's no money to be made there, Chris. I'm I, 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 sorry to break this to you, but I've got a feeling that it's about money. Really? I've said it. I've said what, it. I mean, what makes you think? And I, I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> yeah, no, we know it is, and that's why Man United could finish tenth next season in a few seasons' time and still get in the Champions League. They'd find a way to get them in, wouldn't they? Yeah, it, it, it is, and it, it, it's stupid. I mean, I can remember Arsene Wenger the season we were in it, the Champions League, that we were going to embarrass England, and that we you know we were we were going to sort of bit be knocked out mm. straight away. I think we were the last English team in the competition, certainly the last and, and the last British team, in fact. And I think that was also the season that um, Arsenal lost ten two on aggregate. Mm-hmm. Uh, love reminded them just of that. So maybe Arsenal isn't such a, well, maybe just an arse. Uh, <laughs> moving on, and I'm just going to sit back and let you go for this one here. Um, the defence. <laughs> yes. Well. Um... You can see there the three, my three bugbears. Well, I, yeah. I'll, 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 <laughs> let's let's put some context to this because all three of those are things that do my head in as well. Mm. You know, so zonal marking, zonal marking or man marking, you know, whichever way you want to go, just mark someone. It would be a great. I'm not even sure that we marked any of the zones. <laughs> to be honest, um, or and if we were, I'm not sure what zone you might. The fact that you know you could put a ball into an area, and if it doesn't come, you know, if it's not your area, I'm not going to attack it or anything. Yeah. I just beyond me. I the whole thing is a farce, and this talks about um, that comes back to the physicality and the desire to be the first person to put your head on a ball, and. That's what we need to find. We need to find that. And I know we talk about, you know, Soyun Chu's had a had a poor season, but for me, he's somebody who would try and put his head in there yeah. when they're playing with confidence. But we need more of those, and it's that balance. The problem is when you want to um, play out from the back, you try and find footballers, you know, people who feel comfortable on the ball. They aren't the same as the, the, the numbskulls who will throw their head into anything and don't care if they get six stitches at the end of it. Mm. Terry Butcher was never going to come waltzing out with the ball and go beating three men. No. So you can't have it both ways. You know, those players, it's few and far between. So the thing is, if you go down that route, <coughs> then you end up, and Dan's gone now, but you end up with a Burnley kind of defence mm. who... Don't play out from the back, but they're much more physical and they will try and put their head on it and they will block everything. We don't want that. We want to be able to play out from the back. So we can't have those kind of defenders. So 
However, that doesn't excuse the zonal marking and the conceding from corners. Can I um, can I just while you're on that point, play yeah. devil's advocate for a bit? Because um, I, I say we're in total agreement on all these three points, yeah. but just and I, I did put this to, to, to Rob Tanner. Um, we know that when Schmeichel kicks the ball long, what would you say eight times out of ten, it, it you know you've got a fan that's catching it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that do you think uh, why we we he's got us playing out from the back because at least that way we keep the ball. No, I, I don't think so at all. I think it's I think it's Brendan, Brendan wanting to be Guardiola. That that's that's what it is for me. You know, all of a sudden when it's like you get these 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 managers who are successful, and then everybody wants to copy them. And you know, you you've got the worst teams in our division trying to play out from the back. Norwich trying to play out from the back. Watford trying to play out from the back. They seem to forget that the successful teams that have won the league who can play out from the back have probably spent 200 million on their defence and can get those players that have got all those skills. So why on earth? It's like me taking my car down to the track and trying to compete with Lewis Hamilton. You know, mm. we're, we're doing the same things. We're driving yeah. around the same track, but we're miles apart. So yeah. why are you following an example of a team that have the best players, some of the best players in the world who can do that, yet everybody wants to thinks that's the right way to play. Yeah. I, I find it absolutely ridiculous that there is this um, thought process that it's much better to play out from the back because you um, you keep possession. I'd, I'd love somebody to do some kind of stat on how many goals this season were scored that started with a goalkeeper's pass to one of his own players. And then without losing possession, you went and scored. I bet there's no more than a dozen in the whole league. So what is the point? What is yeah. the point? I don't get it. And to I, my I know it's pretty, it may be prettier when it works, but the old-fashioned get it up the pitch and then win the second ball and play mm. from there. You know, it is old well, exactly. And, and if you do lose the ball, at least you're in their half. Yeah. And you're not, you know, losing it on the on you know on the edge of the box, and obviously they've got a better right. chance of scoring. I mean, it, it is. so those those key parts that you know he needs to sort that out. He needs to sort out the zonal marking, conceding for however it is. The first thing is somebody needs to get their head on the ball first. I don't think it helps that Schmeichel doesn't uh, um, command no. his his box. I think that is fans have started picking up on it, but it's never been mentioned. It's never been put to him and. And I, I'm sorry, but if I, I almost went to Kevin Keegan then. I'm sorry, but, <laughs> you know, You'd Rob, love it. Tanner, You'd Rob love it. Tanner, and I, I know they have to protect their positions or whatever, but mm. ask the questions. You have the um, – you're in a privileged position. They get to put the questions to the people that matter. Ask yeah. the questions that the fans want to – even if it's – there's an acceptance that within any press conference – there will be two questions that are from the fans, you know. So protect yourself and say, this isn't me asking, this is the fans. Why the hell does Schmeichel not come off his line, Brendan? You know, yeah. let's hear an answer to it. Because if you know that you're, if a ball's in the air, the keeper's coming and he's going to take everything out. Hello? 
I think we have. Oh, you froze then, Greg. I did, didn't I? You did. So, <laughs> but yeah, so it doesn't give the uh, the defence any any kind of confidence. You know, the keeper needs to be able to come out, punch anybody's head off that he wants, but just yeah. make sure that he's coming. However, I will temper this with taking a broader position. Now, looking at the before I came on here, I, again, I did a little bit of, of reading up. 21 points lost from winning positions this season. Wow. Yeah. Now, that isn't just the defence. You know, that's the mm. whole team not working hard enough or Brendan making stupid decisions about taking players off and bringing things on. Um, we've gained 10 from losing positions. So we're in a negative 11 points there. How many How many mm. points were we off getting into Europe? Four, five? Yeah, I think. I think so it was 21 four, yeah. points lost from yeah. winning positions. I, I don't like keep harping on about when we won the league. But we didn't lose that many games. We lost three in the whole season. Three. Yeah, yeah. And we won, as I said, five in a row at one nil. We could see out a game, twenty-one mm. points from uh, winning positions in the Premier League alone. We used ten different defenders, and that or ten dif ten defenders started a game. Ten different defenders started a game. That doesn't include Hamza. It doesn't include Albright. It doesn't. It, Include Indeedy, who were all brought in to be in the defence. So, if you haven't got a settled defensive unit, there's mm. no way that you're going to keep clean sheets. There's no way that anybody can play with any kind of posit uh, positivity, any kind of confidence. So, it's not surprising, really, that we've had a disappointing season when we've had that many injuries to our defence. You know, yeah. and we have to have that. And what I would say as well. Players are more comfortable going forward, going creating chances when they know that they've got something solid behind them. As soon as you know that what's behind you is leaky, you look over your shoulder first before you make that 60-yard lung-bursting run because you think, you know, if we lose the ball, they're going to be exposed. So I don't think it's helped our forward players either. And I'll, I'll throw this at you. Liverpool Man City are the perfect examples of teams who can play progressive football because they know they've got a solid unit behind them. Yeah. Now, last season, Liverpool, Van Dijk was missing for virtually the whole season last season. Yeah. Liverpool scored 68 goals and let in 42. Okay, last season without Van Dijk. I would say pretty much this year, the team... Maybe the Jota came in and Luis on the left wing that they got in January. Pretty much the rest of that team is, is pretty much what it was before. So they scored 68, let in 42. With Van Dijk this season, they've scored 94 and let in 26. That's one player yeah. making a difference. Having a settled back four that everybody feels confident in front of. And yeah. that's what we've not had this season. And I think... You cannot overlook how damaging that has been to our season. Oh, but yeah, again, devil's advocate time very quickly before we move on. The player with the most successful pass rate in our squad is Soyuncu. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I don't know the actual facts, but I'm pretty sure most of those are not forward passes. No. 
Now they'll be well. He gets two more than Johnny Evans because when he gives it to Johnny, Johnny gives it him back. Yeah. So yeah, you know, so that yeah. that's probably explains that in a nutshell. Probably fair, fair enough. And you mentioned him, and and I, I would say this was sort of you know this was Craig everybody when he you know when he was talking to reporters. Tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. <laughs> Couldn't resist. Couldn't <laughs> resist. Okay, I'm gonna. I, I think Ant might have left. I think <laughs> otherwise this next bit could get very, very interesting. Um, the manager. Now then, you know, I I I have criticised Brendan this year. Yeah, I have as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, we, we mustn't forget the famous bell end, but I, I stand by that because as we said earlier, I don't, I think, you know, you, you do not change your defender at a corner, you know, because it, you can see everybody looking at each other to see what the hell was yeah. going on against West Ham. And you certainly don't do it when it's in the last, you know, 30 seconds. So I do blame him for that, but I don't want him to go. I never have wanted him to go as much as I've been critical of him. You know, and everybody was saying, well, you know, wait until we got the team back. And, you know, towards the end, we suddenly had, yes, you could say there were four, you know, apart from, well, we've got a draw with Chelsea. But, you know, Norwich, Watford and Southampton were, you know, all all of those were in the bottom five. Um, you can only, you know, the teams that earlier in the season, we weren't putting four and five past. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know what he can do when he's got a full team because he won us the FA Cup and he won us the, the, the Community Shield. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I honestly think with a manager, everybody's been saying, oh, Brendan is a three-season manager. He always loses it in the third season. Nobody's given him the chance to um, uh, go to a fourth season to see what he can do with it. Mm. And, you know, he's building something. You know, you get somebody in, they come in and they change everything. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. You know, I, I've been critical, and 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 I find some of his changes baffling, frustrating. I can understand a lot of the frustration. I can understand a lot of the criticism. Mm. But at the end of it, if we, if I take you back to the very start of this show, where, where it said we've not had a bad season, have we? If we've not had a bad season, there's no reason to get rid of a manager. Yeah. You know, if we if we look yeah. at everything that's gone on at the end of it, what we've got is a trophy, a long run in Europe, and finished in the top eight in the Premier League. Yes, that's yeah. not bad, is it? it but it's not. It's not. But um, having said that, I do believe this is this is a big a big summer for Brendan, and hmm. that run up to the World Cup, a lot of managers are going to find themselves under pressure when that World Cup starts because you got three or four weeks where club owners have got time to look around and see whether there's better managerial options out there if you've not played if you've not started the season well usually it's christmas time and that's when they go we've got yeah. a three or four week break right in the middle of the season and mm. there's going to be a lot of pressure i think so if he's not done well by then then i think he will be under pressure i like what he's come out and said I like the fact that he's saying we need more athleticism, we need more physicality, we need more aggression. This is his chance. As you said there, Chris, yeah, he's a three-season manager. 
nobody's ever ever given him the chance to rebuild. Yeah. So this is his chance to refresh. Sorry, I, I know he's moved away from the rebuild. It's the refresh. The squad needs freshening up. The team needs freshening up. But it's, I, I like what he said, and he now needs to deliver on it. And that he'll be judged on August. For me, he'll be judged on August to November. Yeah. And that's the time. You know, if we're if we're in the right place at that point, then I think it's fine. And even even then, if we weren't, you know, I wouldn't necessarily want him to go. But I think the the psychology of football, the money, the pressure that comes with football these days, I think he would be in trouble. Yeah, and I think I always I've always quoted this when we were talking about Brendan. You know, there was a season at Manchester United that was it was either two thousand two, three, or four, one of the, around that time, when I think Alex Ferguson went through a season and didn't win a cup. Yeah, Man United didn't suddenly drop him, but the season after he yeah. went back to winning ways. Now I'm not saying that next season whether Brendan stays or goes depending on him winning us the Premier League or winning us the FA Cup again. You know, let's be honest with you. Though, you know, we're not Man United under Ferguson, but you know, it, we, if we're going to have a good start, if we can start like we finished the season, because mm-hmm. those are the games that 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 was how we should have been playing. We should have been putting four past Watford, yeah, or whatever it was, or three and five past. You know, we, we should have been doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we weren't, but we had got it. So maybe we don't necessarily need a rebuild. And and see, to me, if you're saying a rebuild, that to me makes me think, God, half the team's going to go. And it, it, it's not, not half the first team. Yet there's a lot of fringe players, and we'll come mm. on to that, you know, uh, uh, next, to be honest with you. But I, I just think, yes, he will be judged on it. And we know, you know, Claudio Ranieri wins us the Premier League. The next mm. season, we sat, was it 18th, I think, at one point in the bottom three? Yeah. He, ha- he had to go. There's, mm. there's, you know, he would not have kept us up, I don't think. Mm. Um, as, you know, he, he's shown it to, you know, to, to Fulham and Watford. But it depends. I mean, if we sat sort of 10th at the start of the World Cup, then I don't think it's, it's panic time. No. If we sat 17th, 16, 17, 18th at mm. the start of the World Cup, then it's panic time. And yeah. maybe he would then have to go, I think. No, I, I agree. As I say, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough a tough few months, you know, for a lot of managers to to see how they start. Uh and you know, I I, I, I don't think it needs a big rebuild, but I think two or three key players can make a massive difference to this team. And uh yeah. And be the difference between, let's say everybody's going to be fit, two or three players with the right mentality could make all the difference to this. And as I say, in the middle of the pitch, we lose, we lose Yuri. And I know we're going to come on to to transfers in in a minute, but it could be that we don't necessarily need a Yuri replacement. We may need a drink water or a tagger or someone with that level of experience and that desire to take that spot because that's what we haven't got. Yeah. Very, very, very well, nicely leads us on to uh, this next section, which is transfers. And I've just put two names up there, but I've got, like I say, this is the third in this, in, in, in a run of four. 
And the second one was Rob Tanner's. It, it, it is still under latest shows. If you go on to Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube, look down. There's, there's all the playlists and the latest what It says the latest uh, ones at the top. And uh, it is on there, Rob Tanner. Tillemans has got a year to, to go. We, you know, we've been talking to him for a year. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if this is common knowledge or not. And this is what Rob Tanner said. And I, and I will... I'm not going to go into the full detail. You need to watch the video for that. Uh, but to basically just give sort of, you know, a few meat on meat on the bone, so to speak. When Maguire was up for sale, but they knew that he was going to go to Man, Man United had wanted him the season before. They knew that he was going to be going, but his contract was coming coming up and he hadn't got long on his contract. Because we had shown the faith in him, when he was with Hull and they'd got relegated and we were the only team that came in for him, he actually signed an extension or a new contract, which was why we were able to ask £80 million for him. Now, I didn't know that. I don't know if you knew that at all, Craig. No, no, I didn't know the background to it. No, no. and I've got to say, respect to Harry. He, he, he didn't want Leicester to lose out. Mm-hmm. So he knew he was going... But he says, you know, I'll sign a new contract so you can basically, you know, ask a lot of money for me. And yeah. of course, you know, it, it worked. Man United, of course, paid 80 million. That was only because he signed that new contract. Now, Tillemans is in that situation. You know, if we sell him this season, we could get 25 million for him. But it's funny that there's not people knocking on our door for the players that there were when we were finishing fourth, and, you know, we were finishing fifth and what have you. They've suddenly gone very quiet, haven't they? But with Tillemans, yeah, look, look, either either go or stay. Because if you – and he said he's happy to stay if he has to another year, but then we're going to get no money for him. Yeah. So why not sign an extension that says I can go to a Champions League club or, or look at Grealish, you know, that's what was his in, in his contract, mm-hmm. or a club's got to pay £60 million or whatever it is. Sign it. We'll know that you'll still go, but at least we won't lose out. The problem with Tillemans is – there is only allegedly one club that is in for him again, according to Rob Tanner, which is Arsenal. Mm-hmm. That isn't the clamour that there was maybe earlier. He said he said Man City and Liverpool are not interested in him at the moment, um, and I say there's only but Arsenal. Are, yes, they're definitely interested. Arsenal are the only team where people have actually spoken to Yuri and or Yuri's agents. And yet um, they want to concentrate more on a striker at the moment. So that might not even happen. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. For me, I, I can't see him signing a new contract because I, if he says if, if he signs a new contract and there's a clause in it that says, we'll let him go, for X amount of money, and that might be quite low, but we've we've asked him to sign it. If a team that's in the Champions League come for you, that instantly takes Arsenal out of it. We we don't have to sell him to Arsenal then because they're not in the Champions League. So that's his one option gone. Oh no, but you could you could have like say minimum forty million or a Champions League club. Yeah, but if but if but if Arsenal aren't prepared to pay forty million, he's trapped. So, from that perspective, we need two teams to be in for him. 
We mm. need two teams to be haggling over the price because otherwise, if it is only one, they hold all the cards. They yeah. can either say it's take it or leave it. Here's 20 million. Take it. Or he goes for free at the end of the season. And that puts us in a really bad situation. It does. And should point, you already be putting us in that situation after everything we've done I don't for think, I don't think. I don't think it's it's down to Yuri Tielemans. Yuri Tielemans signed a contract, you know, to stay until 2023. He doesn't, he doesn't need to sign a new contract. I mean, I don't think... I think we'd all like him to. Or, well, we'd mm. like him to based on his performances of the last two seasons. Yeah. But I don't think you can say that he should be doing that because with the bet and I, and I'm not you know I'm trying to take off my I'm a Leicester City fan hat. Yeah, no, 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 and you, you I mean I'm saying I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. The yeah. only that benefits the club. It doesn't benefit him in any way whatsoever to sign a new contract that has clauses in it because if Arsenal say we want you but we're only going to pay 30 mil your clause is 40. Sorry, Tielemans is essentially stuck here for another three years. I can't see there's any way he's going to sign it. I, no. I, I, unless it's there is some silly thing in there that it's 20 million. Yeah. And, you know, well, and 20, 20 this, million would be better than next season getting nothing for Well, this is all. what I mean. This is yeah. what I mean. But this is why you need two clubs. You need, mm. you need Arsenal or whoever, if it is Arsenal, to come out and set a price. And then everyone else who is sort of slightly interested in will know where the ballpark is and what they're going to have to pay for him. The worst thing is, for me, that he stays without signing a contract because, as we know, you've got a World Cup coming up. Um, He's going to go off to that. And also, I think I'm right in saying that halfway through the season, he can start negotiating with foreign clubs as from well. January, I think from January. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that's another distraction. You've got the distraction yeah. of a World Cup. You've got the distraction of that. For me, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. You either sign a new contract and we move forward together as a team. We don't, We you know, and if, if a Galactico comes, fair enough. Or we just take what we can and we ship him out now and we replace him and we move on. Um, I think there needs to be... He, he wants to stay in the Premier League. Yeah. And he loves London. Now, you know, that is pointing to one club, but at the moment, Arsenal cannot offer him Champions League. Now, he no. may look at it, is what they're saying, and he may be saying, like, well, you know, you're in the Europa League, but you're heading in the right direction and you're heading there quicker and you're more likely to get it sooner than Leicester. Mm. I mean, I, 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 I take some of this with a, with a, uh, a pinch of salt to be honest I don't know how people know him well enough to know that he loves London he's never played in London unless he's popping down there every free weekend and he's loving the theatres I've never bumped into him yeah. yeah um so I, I, I to me yes it's nice to live there isn't it but I don't think that's the I biggest want to thing live there, to be honest with you well, but I don't think that's the I biggest thing I think I it's I I could understand him going to Arsenal because they are a club with the right kind of trajectory. Yes. You know, so I, I could understand that. Um, but as for staying in the Premier League only, I, I'm sure he would change his mind if Real Madrid or Barcelona or Bayern Munich or someone came. I think he'd probably change his mind about staying in the Premier League. 
he holds all the cards at the moment. That's he the does. thing. Uh, and while he does that, as I say, I can't see him signing a new contract. The, the only thing I would say in his defence is, and I mean, Scott said there, no, he hasn't had a good season, but, um, you know, he we know what he can do. And, mm. you know, he's not as patchy as dummy out of the pram. You know, he's still, you know, you can see his attitude when we win a corner or we win a... Exactly, win a I was going to say the same, yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I, I can say form can up, be up and down, as I say, the old phrase, isn't it? You know, yeah. form goes up and down, but class is permanent. Exactly, you know, and he's yeah. a class yeah. player. We we know yeah. that. And I've got to say, say class. You know, all respect to Maguire for what he did as well. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I, I, he's going. We know he's going to go. You know, otherwise he's had twelve months to sign. He hasn't, so we know he's going to go. Um, I just wish he'd, you know, go so we can get at least some money for him. You know, we yeah. we can't afford to write off forty quid. We wrote off no. thirty million with Slamani. You know, we're not. You know, that's pocket money to Newcastle and Man City. It, it could be that we make two signings early in the window and he, he suddenly thinks, well, actually, hang on a minute, this well, isn't a bad place to be. Well, there is that as well. And also, obviously, you've got um, Fafana signing a new contract and committing himself to the yep. club whilst he's still injured. And Ricardo yep. signing, you know. And is that the thing that is... Um, I mean, he's saying he's not thinking about his future because you know there's other you know there's um, nations leagues and all that, but his yeah. agents will be. But oh, you know, is he sat there thinking, well, hang on, if they're committing to the club, and maybe that's why he's taking that bit longer to decide. Who knows? Who knows? Hmm. Um, other players that might be going out first of all before we look at who might be coming yeah. in. Um, I mean, Perez. I think he's he, he's. Shot his bolt. I mean, you know, right, he scored a couple against Southampton on the last day, but we know he can do it against Southampton, and he had a good, you know, forty minutes in in the Euro in the Europa Champions uh, Conference. Uh, what he's done for the rest, other three and a half odd years that he's been there, God knows. I think he's on the way out. Um, I think either Chowdhury or Mendy, I think could could be out, and obviously Samari. Those are the four that I think you know we may be saying goodbye to. Yeah, I think fringe players as well, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, for me, Perez is is frustrating because I think Perez is one of those players who would be better in a better team, Mm. uh, surrounded with players who can get the ball to him. Because if you watch him, and and when you 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 watch it on TV, this is probably some of the benefit of of being at the ground. Yeah. When you watch it on TV, the, the camera follows the ball, essentially. Yes. He makes a hell of a lot of really good runs and takes up some very intelligent positions. We don't get the ball to him quickly yeah. enough a lot of the time. So in a better team, I think uh, it, it'll never happen, but he would look like a world beater in the Man City team. I'm sure he would. Yeah. However, yeah, peripheral players, Hamza, I think, is another one. So for me, Chowdhury, Perez... Soyuncu were the three main ones. You're right with Samari. You know, the word is that they'll accept an offer for him. Soyuncu, I would like to stay, to be honest. I think, again, if if you take this season out of it, no one would have wanted Soyuncu to leave based on the season before. The same with Tielemans. Nobody would want him to leave if that's the level of performance. And left-footed, left-sided centre-halves are not to a penny. There's no. not many of them around. I think if he was to build a long-term uh, partnership with Fafana, I think that would be 
pretty decent, to be fair. You know, the number of times you got Olays when he was doing little Cruyff turns down near yes. the corner flag. Yeah. He's got it in him. Yeah, he's got a bit of a rick, but he's going to be hard to replace. So I would like him to stay, but I think he may go. I, I certainly would like him to stay. I mean, I don't yeah. know whether the Real Madrid links are, are a joke or what, but, yeah, you know, I, I just... I mean, you know, again, I, you know, should we really be judging the uh, any of our players on the season we've just had because of how bad it was you know we said about Vestergaard you yeah. know he had to be introduced to his his, his yeah. centre back partner every game because he was somebody different and it's almost the same with Soyuncu as well yeah. and and this was a, another interesting thing uh, uh, Rob was saying players have what they call a red zone which right, is yeah. when you've got you know fully fit squad if a player goes into the red zone they are stopped they are dropped to give them a rest and, yeah. you know, not push the muscle injuries and what have you. And it's because I was saying to him about a lot of injuries as well, how many were off the pitch. Mm. And he said, you know, Soyuncu was in that red zone quite a bit, yeah. but he couldn't be dropped because there was nobody else to, <laughs> to play. We hadn't got yeah. enough defenders. Mm. And, you know, if it, it, then that makes you think, well, hang on a second, maybe he's not had a, such a bad experience. That's it. I mean, if you're carrying an injury, you're not going to give it because you, you, you're weary yeah. of whether if I go into that challenge, you know, yeah. is my hamstring going to go again? You, you play within yourself. Yes. Um, and I think you could say that about anyone, as I said, 10 different people starting in the defence. You could, you know, you could give a, a break to any of them, obviously, apart from... Um, uh, Johnny Evans, uh, which you know, my my long-standing yeah. love affair with Johnny Evans. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, do. I don't um, think yeah, I don't think you're on his Christmas card list, there, Craig. No. Um, so, uh, so I think it's hard to judge anyone in that defence this season because they've not had a solid defence. Mm. Um, that's a tough question, Scott, as well, because Marty's done well. The thing you've got to understand is as well there are. There are players such as Amati who play to, I would say, a decent level. They're not outstanding, but they no. are good seven out of tens every week. Yeah. But they're rare, those players who are happy being part of a squad. Yes. And I'm not I'm not saying he is happy, but you get the feeling that with Amati that he's happy. He's happy playing and he's happy with the pitch time he gets. Um yes. He could go somewhere else and probably play a lot more, but uh, you know you can't knock him for what he's come back from in terms of injuries and what he gives to the team. So he he has he's, he's still young, and you forget that he looks yeah. about like thirty, but he's at early twenties. Yeah. And yeah. you know, he, I mean, the the other doesn't... one you mentioned briefly there is Mendy. Mm. So Mendy's got um, a year on his contract. Um, now. He's had a strong year. I mean, he's qualified for the World Cup. He's an African uh, Cup of Nations winner. He's played a lot in the Premier League. He may have some value in him now. So it'll be interesting to see whether we decide to cash in on him. He could be another £10 million in the kitty yeah. because I can't see him signing a new contract. So he's in the same uh, boat as Tielemans. And you know that um, when you... Uh, when indeed he comes back, there's every chance that Mendy's going to be benched again. So it's a tricky one, that is. 
Um, we've also got Dennis Pratt coming back. Now, who knows whether Dennis Pratt is going to get a second chance or not, whether he's going to get a chance to um, go into pre-season. the Tillemans role, do you think? Exactly. You know, again, he's another one who I think could have done a decent job had he stayed. Yeah. Um, yes. And then you've got the decision over Luckman in terms of players coming in. Mm. You know, I think Luckman is worth it. I And I think Luckman's worth it just because I, I think he will push Barnes to get back yes. to his place as well. Without it, you know, Barnes has got no pressure on him without Luckman or someone else. Do you Other think, players... Sorry? Sorry, really quickly. Do you think Luckman... Um, his position is preferred on the left. Yeah. Um, and, you know, is Brendan going to be looking for a left-footed right-winger to mm. complement those two, like you say, because I don't know whether Luckman is going to be that sort of player for him. I think, ideally, I think he would want to. I think he would want that old uh, sort of Mares replacement, that left-footed right-winger Um and I think Luckman can play in a number of positions. I think that versatility helps Luckman as well. He yes. played through the middle against Liverpool and he was fantastic, you know. Yes. His yeah. work rate was fantastic. You know, we've been linked with Corne, I think, from Burnley already. Yeah. We've been linked with Madueka from PSV, who looks decent as well. Sangari from PSV as well, who's more of a Wilf. You know, Wilf's mm. an interesting one to me. Um. If he could get Sangari, it would not surprise me if Will sacrificed uh, also oh. to, to make some funds. Uh, I wouldn't want him to go. I d definitely wouldn't want him to. But yeah. if you can upgrade him with someone who's better on the ball, I think that would help. Uh, and then, as you said there, we've got um, kids coming through as well. We had um, we had 13 players out on loan last season. Yeah. Uh, and there, there were some really good prospects. Callum Wright looks great. We've just uh, taken up the option to give him a, a year's extension on his contract. It's a tricky one, again, because there's talk of him going back out on loan. Uh, Luton are in for him, like uh, with Ken and Dewsbury Hall. But for yeah. me, if that's going to happen, you've got to get him to sign a longer contract than that. If he's only in one year, he goes away, has a great season, he can walk away at the end of it. We've got nothing. Yeah. So that wouldn't work for me. Um, you've got the likes of um, the young lad, Sammy Braybrook, who's the England under-18 yeah. captain as well now. We've had five different players, youngsters, as you put up against Watford, who have all made it. And don't forget, we've got about 323 goalkeepers. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jokovic is still awaiting his chance. You know? <laughs> I, I mean, you've got him, you've got um, Everson was on loan at Preston. We had another one, Stolarczyk, who was on loan at Dunfermline and doing very well. Yeah. The young American keeper in the, in, the, in the youth team is great as well. We have got a lot of things. And this is part yeah. of what Brendan was brought in to do as well, to try and get a, an academy that can actually churn players out and get them through into the first team. So as much as anything else, of course, <laughs> you know, even if they're not quite, you know, making it with ourselves, they're earning us some money by going on to whether the likes of yeah. Luton or whoever, if exactly. they buy them. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I'm, con I'm conscious of the time, yep. um, Craig. Um, I'm happy to leave it here. If you've got to go. Uh, we're all right. Cause I think we've only got, um, 
what we got England international recognition. I think yeah. was on your original. Yes, yeah. As a please, I'm, you know, please. Yeah. If you, I don't want to keep you if if you've got food or or yeah. your wife's knocking on the door think, or anything like that. No, it's, it's more <laughs> that I think my uh, my battery is giving me about five minutes. Uh, okay. Well, very quickly then. Um, yeah. England team announced James yeah. Justin in, and he was knocking on the door before the injury. Uh, allegedly, James Madison has got some Irish in him. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would be saying to James Madison, that yeah, just go and see, you know, who you can, who, you know, whether you've got any Scottish, Welsh, or Irish in you. Uh, definitely, I've, I've just had my battery uh, low flash up on on the screen, uh, Chris. So uh, if it goes, it goes. But yeah, I mean, great for James Justin Madison. I don't know what else he can do. To be honest, um, it's ridiculous that he's not been picked. Southgate's an idiot. Um, in my mind, and um, I, I hope it just doesn't dishearten Madison, uh, and then he kicks on. Uh, and um, and, it, and, and in fairness, you, you know we've seen it in the past where you suddenly you've got so many talented players in a certain position. Look at Paul Scholes; he was always on the left because yeah. there was other players in the middle, and you know he he eventually said, "I'm not doing this anymore." So you know, yeah. but. I know. Uh, but there we go. Look, I'll let you go because you're being flashed at. Yeah. You lucky devil, you, you lucky devil. Uh, well, we've got other things to discuss, but we can do that on another show. Thank you so much, Craig, for you're welcome. doing number three in the series of four. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. Take care, and I will speak to you soon. And yeah. uh, look forward to the show next week when we're looking at how we can improve the uh, atmosphere at the KP. <laughs> yeah, all right. Brilliant, Chris. Thanks. Enjoyed it. Thanks, everyone. I'll see Take you care. Soon. Thanks a lot, Craig. Bye bye. Bye. Ah, we don't. We, we don't. We don't want the poor man being flashed at. You know, at his time of life, <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what might happen, and we we haven't got that liability insurance. <laughs> his lashes are steaming up. <laughs> is what he's trying to say to me, guys. No, there. That's number three in a series. So we've had Jerry Taggart for the ex-player. We've had. Um, Rob Tanner for the journalist. We've had Craig there, Craig Bird, the, the fan, uh, which is great because he goes to the matches. And he, as he said during the, during the show, you see a lot more. We've got one more coming up, and I'm just trying to sort of tie him down to dates, and that is Alwyn Atkin from uh, BBC Radio Leicester. Uh, he will be coming on, hopefully, uh, this week. But if not, it'll be next week. I'm just trying to say, sort dates out with him. So that is something to look forward to. Um, Craig, as I say, Craig's off. So thank you very much, mate. Takes there. Uh, next, we've got a few programs coming up. Um, we've probably, actually, maybe, maybe, maybe just doing a special on this guy, Jamie Vardy. I was asked to do a little bit for um, thesportsman.com. And I wrote, if you are ever asked what has been the best signing, well, let me show you. Let me show you what I said. If you are ever asked what has been the best signing of the modern day football, look no further than Jamie Vardy. Ten years. I, I, I can't believe... I Let me come back in. I can remember him signing for the club 10 years. <laughs> Makes me feel old. 
<laughs> Who is this Jamie bloke? <laughs> exactly. Um, you've everybody finds out. Everybody finds out who he is. So probably we're doing a special on him. Uh, on Friday, we have got that debate show. I'm just trying to get a Man United fan tied down. We will be doing um, who has had the most disappointing season. Now, I say not the worst, because you'd say that was Norwich. Um, the most disappointing. Leicester, Everton, Manchester United or Leeds United. Those are the clubs that when I looked back at what the predictions were last uh, on the sum about where the team should finish, they're the ones with the bigger gap. So none of us had a brilliant season, but whose was the most disappointing from what they expected? We'll be here on Sunday for the playoff for the World Cup. Wales will be facing either Scotland or Ukraine. They play tomorrow night. No, they don't. They play Wednesday night. Um, and then we have got a World Cup special next Monday. It was going to be tonight, but unfortunately, the gentleman uh, is a, he's a Liverpool fan and he's lost his voice. So, so got to give him, got to give him a, a break there. We'll be going through the World Cup group starting next Monday, Group A. And let, I say then say on the Wednesday. We've got uh, next Wednesday, we've got an atmosphere show at the KP, as in, do you think it's bad? Could it be improved? Somebody's come out and said these are seven ways that he thinks it can be improved. So we'll be discussing those uh, with quite a few different people. And then next Thursday, we've got a promotion special, Fulham and Bournemouth fan on there. Nottingham Forest fans aren't responding. So we're looking at Fulham and Bournemouth for the promotion special next week. Guys, thank you so very much for tuning in. If you've been listening on the podcast, thank you very, very much. Your favourite podcast platform, or if it's a smart speaker, just say play the podcast, Lester, till I die. Uh, if you've been watching on YouTube, or if you haven't, get over onto YouTube. Thank you very much. Please subscribe to the channel. It does help. Smash those likes. And also, please uh, click the notifications. That way, you will never miss a show. Um, I will see you. And on, well, either Thursday or Friday, depending on what show's coming up. Take care. Stay safe. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Really do appreciate it. All the best. Bye-bye now. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.